And welcome to CJMP News. And good morning to you too. And uh, what day is it, Roger? It is December the 30th. Okay, and um, we've got, this is the last show of the year. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So we're doing a bit of a retrospective uh, this year, excuse me, this day, on this year. My name is Carrie Swiggum. I'm Roger Thorne. And we'll be back right after this uh, song. And this is a top pick from 2016 from uh, one of our programmers, David Parkinson. plane warms up to take <laughs> off. Um, maybe give you little hints about what's going to come up in the show today. Uh, first of all, I want to say happy birthday to Drew and Young. And uh, if you're in the neighborhood, uh, we're here and we're open, so uh, you can come by and grab a cookie and have a chat if you want to. Yes, and even if your name's not Drew and Young, yes. everybody's <laughs> welcome. Everybody <laughs> but Drew and Young. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, yeah, they're homemade cookies, so if you haven't gone outside today, experienced the sun, uh, it's 12.01. Why don't you get out and, and uh, come down and, and do that? Uh, it's uh, been a big news year, no less at CGMP. That's true. That's true. We've got a new news department this year. First ever. Yeah. Paul River for um, local radio. And? <laughs> and? <laughs> That's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're going to be talking about that quite a bit. We're going to be talking about the news events uh for the uh, last year, as many as we can remember, and uh, <laughs> well, I've got some segments picked out for you. Yeah. So there's that. Um, uh, it's it's kind of cool because as we've been uh, working on the new show this year, and and Roger's come and worked on it a few times. Uh, he's been co-hosting last few weeks, which has been great. Um, but while we've been quietly working away, there's also been eight new and returning programmers this year. And uh, there's a whole bunch of new new ones lined up to come in soon. That's true. I, I trained them myself. <laughs> <laughs> Three in January, I think. Well, that's good, yeah. Yep. Yep. So there's a lot more enthusiasm out there. Oh, for sure. Yep. It's nice yep. to see that people are using this resource because yep. it, it is there for everybody. Yep. And good training for people, too. That's true. Yep. yep. Yep, I'm still learning to talk, but yeah, I'm <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're looking at the cjmp.ca website, uh, you can see all the the programs, the schedule there. Um, you can also see the top tracks um, listing that Rabbit Eye put together. Uh, so I'm just picking music from there. Uh, thanks for doing that. And also, uh, you'll see how to become a sustaining member, because that's yeah. um, something that. Yeah just going to remind everybody who's listening and I'm sure a lot of you listening are sustaining members and we appreciate that but um, it's really the only way that we're going to keep this news department going because it is a lot of work so if you're into it and for the radio station in general and the radio station <laughs> in general <laughs> thanks Roger <laughs> we're going to close the radio station and just have the news show <laughs> 24 hour news well, how would you like that <laughs> I might be biased but I, local news is important to me um, and if it's important to you or just what we do here in general, um, just let us know that you support it. And uh, if you're not already a member, uh, we encourage you to become a member, which is only $10 a year. And if you've let your membership lapse, we'd really appreciate it if you coughed up again. Coughed up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Keep it green, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll play a few more minutes of this song. It's actually a 12-minute song, so we don't have time for the whole thing. But just to give you a taste of what uh, David plays on his show, if you haven't checked it out, he plays uh, every Friday from 3 to 5. Uh, yeah, yep, yep. you got it. <laughs> okay, and uh, he's been a longtime programmer and uh, on our board of directors. So here's one of his top picks. It's Spectral Entropy. It's from a band that is uh, based in Brisbane, and actually this album just came out uh, like this week, so pretty cool. Hot, hot, hot. On the edge. Yeah. still listening to CJMP News. At CJMP 90.1 FM. Yes, you can. Yeah, and live streaming cjmp.ca. Listen many ways. Yes, you can. Many, many ways. <laughs> Radio Garden, too. Are we on Radio Garden? Yes, we are now. Oh, good. Yes, yeah, we are. Yeah. Thank you for... If you uh, haven't tried out that. Radio Garden, go onto the web, look up Radio Garden and check it out. It's awesome site. I, yeah, it seems to just pop up the radio station that's closest to you at the yeah, time. Yeah, it does, yeah. Or you can look around and well, see Well, you can around. rotate around the globe. Yeah, yeah. Pick one out, yeah. Okay. Um, so there's been, a, you know, quite a few uh, newsy things that happened this year. 
and we were there to um, report on them. Yep, so we're going to sort of roughly chronologically go through them. Yes, so. and, and so um, this news show started in May, so we're going to start in May. Um, and, you know, it's just after the um, self-governance for the Thlaman Nation happened, um, so there was kind of missed that whole big thing, but we ended up talking to a few few people after that i'm going off script here so roger's looking okay. at me like what are you talking about um, <laughs> which page was that <laughs> i'm starting with something small is what i'm okay. trying to say well that wasn't a very small event actually was it though no no i'm saying like yeah yeah with what we're going to be playing right now okay <laughs> it's small but it's going to be bigger okay anyways um <laughs> this past uh, may a makerspace came to paul river and <laughs> it started in a little tiny uh, closet, if you will, in, uh, up above base camp. But now they've moved into a bigger space. Um, I ended up uh, talking with um, Teal Rosenfeld, yep. who is one of the co-founders no, of I, I know him, the yeah. Paul River yeah. Maker Space. Yeah. Well, I'm telling the audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, here's Teal explaining what it is and what they're doing. My name is Teo Rosenfeld. I am professionally a data analyst, and I am generally very excited by technology. We're at the Powell River Makerspace, which is located right behind Base Camp on Marine Avenue. Okay, so we're in. Um, what are we looking at? Well, this is a community workspace uh, with a variety of tools. We have a laser cutter uh, for etching and cutting a variety of materials. We have a 3D printer, which you can print a variety of recreational, industrial, or other sorts of objects. And we're assembling a 3D scanner over here, which people can use to create the three-dimensional images they can print on the printer, as well as our electronics workbench, where we have Arduinos and a variety of electrical peripherals that one can add to them to make any sort of uh, responsive or intelligent system one wants to make. So a lot of high-tech stuff. Yes, a lot of high-tech manufacturing equipment. Okay. And um, can you... Just tell me what a makerspace is. So, uh, the, well, the Powell River Makerspace will be a community workspace uh, that we hope to promote uh, or to bring together people who have a passion for design and technology, for art and for science, to meet and collaborate. We'd really like to help foster a, a strong and vibrant uh, tech uh, economy in Powell River, and this is uh, the first step towards doing that. I've heard about makerspaces elsewhere. Is this differ than um, like the one in Victoria? Is there one in Victoria? There is. There's one in Victoria. There's there's several in Vancouver. Uh, there's there's quite a few makerspaces around the world. Um, a lot of them exist in cities that do have uh, a vibrant uh, tech economy already. In Powell River, the the main difference we have here is that we're trying to generate uh, an interest and a vehicle for people who have that interest to explore ways that they can create new products, new artworks, things for their for whatever else that they do in their lives, their gardens, their farms and stuff, to, to make their lives more fun, interesting, easy, or beautiful. So who can use the space then? Um, okay, so we kept talking there. I just pulled it down because... Um, We've got lots more to play for the show today. We're running out of time. Well, not (laughs) (laughs) 10 after. (laughs) We are running out of time. Um, So that was pretty neat, meeting up with him. Um, If you've been on Marine recently, you know that they have moved down to um, our building, which is... Yeah, right below the bowl, uh, right next door to the bowling alley entrance on Marine. Yeah, Yeah, a much bigger space. And and, uh, Yanni Weiss is an intern there now. 
he was working with us over the summer. So congrats to him. And uh, they have an open house yes, today. today. 1 to 5 p.m. Yep. So if it's another community resource that you can uh, get your hands dirty with. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> You don't get you don't get too dirty with that actually. So maybe mentally dirty, okay. <laughs> Let's keep going. Okay, so um in June excuse me, in June um there was a uh, big news that there was refugees coming to Paul River and yep. there was a lot of people who went down to the ferry terminal um the week of June twenty fourth to welcome uh one family. I think two families yes. came to town yeah. in total, but yeah. um so that was uh you know it pretty heartwarming experience i think for yeah Paul yeah River. no it's a go ahead great occasion <laughs> so um we put together a news story this was done by yanni weiss and uh i'll play it without further ado hi this is yanni weiss reporting for cjmp news i'm standing at the westview ferry terminal and i'm surrounded by signs that say welcome to the azrak family and here standing beside me is kathy from the welcome refugee pal river housing committee kathy could you tell us who are the azraks and why are there so many people here to welcome them the azraks are syrian refugees um, mom and dad and two young boys five and eight and then three grandparents are traveling with them as well and they're coming to pal river yes they are they're being sponsored by uh, Westview Baptist Church and Evangel Pentecostal Church. Quite a journey, uh, quite an undertaking. Could you tell us about what that looked like? Well, it started about uh, about a year ago and they formed a steering committee and uh, fell under the Evangel umbrella because they already had systems in place with the government, so it was quicker to go that way. And then about five months ago, we were given the family and asked, would you take these? And we said yes. And then they came back and said, okay, we got some grandparents. And we said, well, we're not leaving them behind, so along came the grandparents so uh, the last couple months has been a flurry and we only found out about uh, a week and a half ago that today was the day and it looks like there's a lot of people here people uh, celebrating and welcoming in different ways we have the one voices choir what do you uh, see people feeling and, and experiencing i think it's just a great coming together there's people from the churches people from the community and um, so i just think it's just great that everybody's coming out and welcoming these families this is the first of three families that i know of that are coming so it's awesome to see community support and that they're you know they're behind these people coming over these families Can I ask you a question for the radio? Uh, sure. How do you feel about a refugee family coming to Powell River? I think it's great. I think we're all refugees at some point in our lives. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm an immigrant to the country. I came from Scotland, and my whole life has been here, so I, I think it's a great thing. And the way the community is, is greeting them here is just fantastic. I'm also asking uh, people that I see how they feel about refugee family coming to Canada. You want to hear my? You want to hear what I have to say? I think it's wonderful. I, I think wow, like for these people to be able to actually come to this part of the world. I mean, most people come here for vacation, and they're coming here to live. I mean, I think it's the same thing that we all feel as being a part of this community. I don't know. I, I don't know the ins and outs around how it happens, but there's a lot of wonderful people involved in this. So. It's an honor to have them as well as to be able to see um, so many people doing this.
question for radio. Oh, right now? Yeah, oh, yeah. How do you feel about a refugee family coming to move to Powell River? Oh, I think we're blessed to be able to do something for the people that are being displaced through wars all over the world. And it was quite, uh, quite emotional to see them coming from such a long way away from their culture, their families. From, you know, five years ago they were living and, and all of a sudden now they have nothing. So if we are able to help, it's a blessing for us too. And what did you think of this uh, welcoming event here? Oh, I think it was wonderful. Very happy and people with their heart on their sleeve welcoming them. And, and I think it's important for them to know that there's people that are, want them here. That was very emotional. Oh, yeah. We were saying hello to every car. You know, it was kind of a fun thing. But when they came and then they slowed down, it was just like, it's just so emotional, right? Yeah. Uh, we finally have our first family from Syria coming in as refugee and uh, this is a perfect place for uh, asylum seekers to settle in to enjoy this beautiful place of Canada. Given that the Azraq family had to travel 30 hours to get to Powell River, they were not able to stop and greet people, but the connection was felt nonetheless. According to the chair of Welcome Refugee Powell River, a second family will be coming to Powell River shortly thanks to another sponsorship group hands across the water. They are expecting a family of four adults and two children. The June meeting of Welcome Refugee will be taking place at the Westview Baptist Church on June 27th at 7 p.m. This is Yoni Weiss, CJMP News. Okay, and we are back, and I just love that story. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's really good, yeah. yeah. Give me a tear in my eye. And uh, next we're going to play a song. Uh, this is a pick by Captain Underpants. His show is on Mondays from 1 to 3, and it's Captain Underpants Does Manic Mondays. This is The Trouble with Normal.
and we're back. So uh, here's a quick uh, weather update. Current conditions out there are nice and sunny, uh, yeah. three degrees centigrade. That's these are all sort of airport temperatures. Wind uh, about eight kilometers from the west, which isn't too bad. Uh, period of rain or snow tomorrow at about four degrees, and then it. I don't quite believe it would be almost sunny for the rest of the week, which would be oh, great, which would mean it would be a bit colder. A nice uh, way to ring in the new yeah. year. And uh, speaking of the new year, here's a few. I'm just going to run through them quickly of various, various options for the new year. So the Red Lion Pub has an event uh, from 9 to 2 a.m. on Saturday. Um, there's a candlelight New Year's Eve, uh, which is at the Laughing Oyster. Um, there's a New Year's Eve celebration at the Royal Canadian Legion. Um, there's a glow-in-the-dark New Year's party at the Sugar Vault. Oh. There's also uh, yet another one. Uh, this is a later event on that same day at the uh, at the Legion. Uh, dance with DJ Zane. Oh and uh, there's a New Year's bash at the Cran Bar with special guests Ron Campbell on guitar and a bunch of Powell River vocalists. So that should be fun too. Wow, anyway, there you have it. So fill your boots. No idea. Okay, yeah. thank you, Roger, for that and the weather. And want to remind listeners, if you are uh, in the area, downtown, uh, Powell River, we've got cookies here. They're free. Just come and get one. Yeah. I made them. Nothing else. No coffee. No nothing. You can bring your own coffee. <laughs> no, you have to you get the cookie and then you got to go. Okay. okay. <laughs> we got uh, lots to do. Okay, so uh, we're moving on to July of this year. Uh, remember what happened in July? Roger, I won't put you on the spot there. Well, I'll just tell you. You put me on the spot. <laughs> well, on July 7th, the Powell River City Council endorsed the 92 guidelines from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, as well as adopting the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. And uh, Zoe Lutsky talked to Chief Administrative Officer Mac Fraser on the phone about uh, what the endorsement means going forward. So here's Mac. Well, I have to give full credit to the elected officials who um, said that the, we need to take on the municipal um, recommendations uh, from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's final report. Um, so I'm, I'm a, a servant to that process. Um, how it will change, I, I think we can always improve um, any relationship, and particularly um, one with uh, First Nations that has had a bumpy past, throughout the country, but also here locally. But we do have a huge advantage is that we have a pretty positive relationship. And I don't want to suggest we're going to rest on our laurels and just check some boxes. But uh, the reason we have a good relationship is because we take that relationship very seriously. Um, you know, the mayor starts uh, every council meeting with the acknowledgement of being on the traditional lands of the Kaham and our friends and partners. But then we live it. Um, we don't just do lip service to it, but simply that um, we have three local authorities here in the region, um, the city, the regional district, and the Kahaman Nation. And um, for the five years that I've been working in Powell River, I've taken that approach. I used to be manager of the regional district, and now I am of the city and have an opportunity to make a difference through my work um, just to treat everybody as peers. And we, um, we have a good enough relationship that sometimes we bicker, um, but it doesn't uh, affect the core relationship. 
Okay, so that was CAO Mac Fraser for the City of Paul River and being interviewed by Zoe Dudsky. Now, Zoe did a longer piece about reconciliation in Paul River um, that we played in July. But if you missed that, we're going to have a listening party coming up early next year for all these documentaries that were made um, over the last few months. Yep. Yeah. Uh, can be at the Patricia Theatre? I think so. Yeah, well, although we, we hope so. We have not confirmed the date, yeah. but it uh, seems likely that we'll yeah, be... Yeah, it'll be an afternoon event. Yeah, yeah. and you yeah. have popcorn and listen to, to local documentaries. Yeah, and a little music maybe. Who knows what's going to go on? We're going to be announced. <laughs> and also in July, um, we spoke with Andrew Bryant. And um, if you haven't... Um, heard of Andrew's uh, skills in terms of biology. Um, he was counting birds in Lot 450 when um, Island Timberlands was going to cut down a number of trees there. Um, he uh, is very good at picking out birds from their sounds. He's a biologist. He's got a PhD. So that's uh, maybe nothing new but for him. <laughs> um, anyways, it was uh, instrumental in... Um, telling um, uh, officials where these birds' nests were and eventually stopping the work there. So Yeah, for um, now, anyway. For now. Yeah. Um, I did an interview with Andrew, and, and here's that. Swainson's rush. Just nothing like it. Right? Little tiny brown bird, smaller than a robin. Uh, very drab, streaky brown. Um, you'd look at it and go, what a boring little brown bird. But, but I mean, this is crazy. This is, uh, my wife complains that I'm the world's worst person to go take to a barbecue. Um, because wherever I am, I'm going Swainson's Rush, 30 meters. Um, Pacific Slope Flycatcher, 15 meters. American Robin somewhere in the back. Here's a flicker way behind me. Um, tell me this is vacant land. It's not. And we've been here 30 seconds. Andrew is identifying the birds solely by their sound and pointing them out in all directions. He may be better known for the work he's done in protecting marmots on Vancouver Island. When he was a PhD candidate at the University of Victoria, he was instrumental in getting the marmot off of the endangered species list. We engaged the public, so for a hundred bucks a year you could adopt a marmot, and I'd write a letter, and your marmot did this here. And the second thing we did was go to become a thorn in the backside of Macmillan Liddell, to the point that they said, okay, um, I'm going to give you a million bucks, Andrew. Where's your business plan? Who's going to administer it? What are you going to do with the money? How much do you need? He came up with a business plan and took the million from Macmillan Blodell and matched funds from the B.C. government as well as the public. In the end, they had seven to eight million dollars to work with. Uh, and here, the idea is, are we really talking about a million dollars worth of mature timber there? I don't think so. I don't think so. If we cost them time and money and bad publicity and delay and do what we did last year which was to have your crew show up for ready to work and be stopped we do that enough times uh, at some point they're going to have to look at this from a corporate perspective and say you know what is it really worth it andrew is driving me around lot 450 pointing out birds nests that he found last year 
That brings us to the spot where the high-profile showdown occurred. So now you have entered the Battle of Sapsucker Wood. So last year, uh, what was it, the 20th of May, there was a feller muncher parked right there. Um, and there is a red-breasted sapsucker nest about two trees back there. There's another one in that. You see the double tree sitting right there? That's a sapsucker nest. Uh, so those were two nests that I found uh, and reported. And, uh, and a group of very well-intentioned and brave, hardy souls came out and camped in the woods. And uh, I call it Sapsucker Woods because it was a sapsucker nest, but it was the showdown um, that um, they came and they camped and Island Timberland showed up the next morning and, and the machinery couldn't get through. And so my strategy last year was every time I'd come out and find a nest, I would uh, write an email and I would send it to Island Timberlands, to Wayne French, and I would also send it to our local conservation officer service because under law, you're not allowed to harass or take a bird or its nest. Um, uh, Wayne French initially was very, very nice and thanked me very much for my time and it duly added to his database. And so that was the nest that he immediately, very professionally, turned around and issued a stop work order and said stop. It was a temporary victory for the groups who had quickly organized to protest the logging. In January of 2016, the Greenheart Environmental Protection Foundation met with PRSC, the landowners, in Island Timberlands, and everyone agreed to a no-cut period that would last until April or June. Part of the area that is slated for logging is the forest land adjacent to Brooks High School, where Sinobright has put an offer on 132 acres, 30 of which are in the Agricultural Land Reserve. Whether the project goes ahead now will be decided by the Agricultural Land Commission. Alternatives to cutting the trees would involve buying the standing timber from Island Timberlands. Although Andrew has been working on another project, his website, Imagine Lot 450, is an information hub about this storied parcel of land. He, along with a few other volunteers, have been tagging trees in what he calls the Yellow Ribbon Project. So now we're in the part of the PRSC parcel that Sinobrite doesn't need to build their school. So again, on paper, Island Timberland has the rights to harvest all the trees and the letter of the law, the letter of the contract, all of the trees, standing timber that we're standing as of March, May 31st, 1998. So here's the name of the game. That's a nice tree. I want that tree. I have rights to that tree. I have legal rights to that tree. This contract says so that everybody signed in 1998 and then they handed it down to Weyerhaeuser and then they handed it down to Island Timberlands. But the problem is this tree is in my way. And in order to get that tree, I gotta kill this tree. The yellow ribbon is a marker that says do not cut. It's tied around a small alder that he eyes as being less than 10 years old. 20 yards back is a bigger Douglas fir. So here's where, um, again, those darned yellow ribbon project people um, reading the, the 
legal language of the contracts carefully. Um, the contract doesn't say you have the rights to the standing Douglas fir or the standing trees. It says you have the rights to the trees that are standing as of May 31st, 1998. This tree wasn't standing. So even though it's, um, you know, it's an evergreen and it will be a nice merchantable tree, they don't own it. They don't have rights to touch this. And again, they can't harm that tree to get that tree. In 2000, Weyerhaeuser cut a portion of trees from the parcel, but left many standing. Um, so think about it. You've got a young successional, early successional forest here that still has some elements, some big trees. So this whole forest environment has got extraordinary diversity because you've got big old trees and you've got nice young trees. This place is going to be a treasure in 30 years. It's going to be an absolute treasure. Why would we clear cut this? Why? He doesn't begrudge logging in general. He points to the economic impact of the standing and growing forest and acknowledges foresters who do it right. That is, selective cuts and staying away from streams. The last stop was McGuffey Creek, an oasis off the pole line. It's one thing to make placards saying stop IT, um, but stop them and then do what? And it's one thing for me to build a cute little website that says, you know, here are the facts, folks, here's the history, here's who owns what. Um, but it's called Imagine Lot 450, and it's so far to be self-critical, I haven't been very imaginative yet. The best line of the whole summer last year was, was the green heart. Um, and it was powerful. Hello there. Oh. He spotted a brown creeper dashing up a Douglas fir. Andrew is obviously passionate about the wildlife that calls this area home. But the fight is not over. Okay, and we are back. And yes, we are. As we now... Uh, no, the uh, Agricultural Land Commission uh, turned down the application from Sinebright to exclude acreage for the purpose of the school there. So everything's pretty much up in the air over that one. Right. Well, and they're looking for a new place. And it sounds yeah. like there is something that they're thinking about but haven't announced yet. Um, and, I, you know, I want to make clear, too, I don't think that, you know, even if the school was going to be there, um, I know they weren't going to cut down all the trees no, right away. No, I don't anything. think that was the total intention. But the whole thing is, is uh, was that Island Timberlands had the... They could have. They could have. Yeah. And would have, probably. And if you want to go for a walk on this nice day, you can go see if those yellow ribbons are still there. Yeah. Right, right by uh, Brooks High yeah. School on the east side. And, uh, well, while we're sort of on that, there's just, you know, there's other events that sort of went on uh, or, or other projections they hope to do during the year, mm. uh, much like um, a medical marijuana facility going down in the old administration buildings, right. uh, which, which looks like it's still going ahead, which is good news because it'll be employment for the town oh, for sure. and a bit of revitalization potential for the townside area. But I think it's got a lot of renovation to happen first in that building. Yeah. Well, it was a state-of-the-art building when they put it together in the 60s. So it's 
depends what they're going to do in there. Right, right. Yeah, so it's not mad, mad renovation, I don't think, particularly. Depends on their, it depends what's going in there. Um, the other one I know of is the uh, the extension of the airport runway. Okay. Uh, yeah. Which I, I think they've actually got the grant funding and approval in the process to, to go ahead with that, yep, which will be, when they do that, will be great because then there's also the potential of bringing in... Uh, uh, an aircraft maintenance facility, or one, one, at least one, or maybe even two of them. So, if you're if you're expanding the runway, that means you can get bigger planes in. Uh, right. y- yeah, not really that much bigger. It's just it fits some of the the newer models of small planes better. Okay. That's all. So. Okay. Well, I heard about a solar project that's going to be happening up there too, but that's going to be next year. Oh no, no, good news too. I haven't heard about that one. Yeah. Solar is and. Yeah, um, and also, we should be, you know, in the next couple of months, expecting our new uh, ferry to be in here, too. Yes. I hear it's, it's probably almost up to uh, British Columbia waters as we speak. Oh, I don't know about that. It is. I've, I've tracked it. it. It's already gone through the Panama Canal, and it's on its way up the coast. Okay. So it doesn't take that long to get up here. Well, I get those um, press releases by BC Ferries about once a week where the ferry is. I remember the one from the Panama Canal. Yeah. I haven't um, looked since. gotten one yeah. since. Yeah. Um, They've just I, been lollygagging around down, at the pa- down in Panama. <laughs> well, I, I um, want to credit... Uh, Patrick Brabazon, who said that now it's going through the roughest waters um, of its trek, so it might take a bit longer. Yeah, but not so bad. It'll be here soon. Yeah. What's going on in... Um, there's a oyster norovirus out there. Uh, yes, I, I didn't really look at it. There's something uh, happened in uh, one farm in the Campbell River area. Yeah, there's a second reported case now yeah. in the last month. Yeah, but it's not totally unusual i should say uh generally a lot of these headlines sort of like <laughs> the sky is falling sort of thing and the whole industry is affected which it's not and uh these these things do occur uh, any other news that you've got no here? absolutely nothing no? it's just so dead out there <laughs> <laughs> well uh, maybe one more community announcement Oh, you mean you have to look it up now? <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's probably a lot more going on out there than is <laughs> not dead to the world out there. Well, what's going on tonight? Oh, there's also the polar bear swim. You right. mustn't forget about that. Willingdon Beach on Monday at noon to 1 p.m. Do they bring a sauna too? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, polar bear swim at Willingdon Beach. Monday, on 1 to 2 p.m. On yep. Monday. Okay. Yeah, good for a laugh and if nothing else <laughs> uh anything going on tonight um the only thing i n- can see oh there's a uh, new film starting up at the patricia theater which is uh moana whatever that is in 2d and 3d and also a, a hockey game in nanaimo and powell river the puck drops at 5 30 p.m okay at the recreation complex okay thank you very much uh, let's move on to September of this year. So on uh, September 10th, the Tla'ami Nation held their first election since self-government, uh, or, or since uh, they've no longer under the Indian Act. Uh, station manager Mel Edgar spoke with now Hey Goose Clint Williams a week before the election, and she asked him a question, which you'll hear in just a minute. Oh, I accidentally hit stop instead of play, and now it all went away. <laughs> 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 and it'll be back. Yeah. 
We're having to rewind it on this really old recording equipment. <laughs> Here we go. What is the biggest challenge to transitioning from the Indian Act to self-government? Uh, the biggest challenge was um, communicating with our with our people and trying to let them know that we we are not wanting to set them up for failure. That we are wanting to. Um, uh, set up for success and not be dependents and that's kind of what the Indian Act was doing to our people was making us dependents on a system that was never going to help us succeed and um, the, the biggest challenges were kind of the first or were the last three to four years of um, uh, an Indian Act government so my last two terms have been uh, pretty challenging because we've been doing a lot of this work in closing and leading up to the effective date of self-government. Um, so it comes with controversy and it also comes with some very rewarding pieces because um, just the communication that you have with the community, um, explaining things and trying to make sure that people understand things and really um, appreciate being approached with questions and providing accurate information to, to the people that are interested. So uh, I would say the last uh, two terms as an Indian Act Chief and Council have been very challenging in kind of um, wrapping up negotiations and trying to move forward uh, for this uh, for this new self-government world. Okay, so that was um, Clint, Clint Williams uh, talking with Mel Edgar, and we just played an excerpt of that. If you want to hear the whole um, uh, piece. It's about 15 minutes long, and we interviewed all three candidates for Hey Goose, so that's kind of why I just played a little bit from that one. Uh, but he is now uh, Hey Goose, or chief, for four years. So have elections another four years. And that's one change from the... Yeah, which is a which is a which quite a big change, too, because it was every two years before yes. that. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes you read my mind. Um, okay, now we've got a top pick from Roger. Roger, who's sitting here with me, who, from does, me. who does a show yeah. on Sundays from 10 to noon called Slack Tide. And um, this is a, a woman who is um, amazing. Yeah, she's a poet. Yeah. So yeah. From um, the UK, Kate Tempest. Kate Tempest, here she is. Uh, if, if they're not there, they're not learning. Um, technical issue. <coughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> Play it, play it again. Can you get it? The more, we got it? The more pieces, the more likelihood. Okay, that, that okay. Would be not played. It's called okay. Happy End. You guys should really talk to one another. Ron runs the cat. 
Roger, how did you find Kate Tempest? Um, I've been following, well, paying attention to her for quite a few years now. She's uh, been working her way up. Uh, she did a beautiful piece on uh, My Shakespeare, which is a 
fantastic piece. And is that a uh, spoken word? Yes, yeah, spoken. Piece it's all spoken word. You played on your show. Yeah, I played I've it before. Heard yeah, that one. yeah. Okay, loved that piece. Yeah, she won a major award for it in the UK. And uh, anyway, she's one of my faves. A young anyway. phenom as well. Yes, she's just yes, about yeah. thirty years old and yeah. um, started performing when she was sixteen and uh, left high school to study at the Brit School for Performing Arts. Um, yeah, I got a scholarship. It looks like. Actually, can I just read this? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, she yeah. describes the uh, London marches to call an end to the Iraq war as a point of disillusionment when she saw that the message of millions of people did not change the direction of the war. So she started writing and, and speaking yeah. out. So yeah. Good for her. All right. What's up next? Um, oh, yeah, okay. So uh, <laughs> actually, we were just going to go on about because we just noticed a uh, uh, press release from the uh, Vancouver oh, yes. Coastal Health Community, yes, who you. are opening yet another uh, overdose prevention site. So this is the fifth one they'd be opening because obviously we have been in uh, an epidemic of uh, fentanyl-related fentanyl deaths in uh, the province over the, this last year. We have, yeah, yeah. We so have. I thought yeah, you said we yeah. haven't. So I no, we have. Oh, we definitely have. <laughs> no, we definitely haven't. <laughs> <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of people have been died. And what's really tragic about it is, you know, some people have been like treating hospitals like a revolving door. They've been mm -hmm. overdosing in and out like seven times in a day, I've heard reported. So. Oh, my word. Well, we're going to talk a bit about that um, locally here as well coming up next month. Yeah. Um, uh, we had a producer do an interview with um, Maggie Hathaway, who's working on the task force uh, with uh, law enforcement and politicians. About and emergency services. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah. she's she's kind of uh, telling us what's going on, and that will come up soon. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the mobile unit they just opened is the fifth one on the downtown east side. Alone, yeah. No, no, that's not even covering the rest of the province. Mm -hmm. and it's been a, quite a big drain on, on resources uh, all over the province and spreading nastily across the country as well. Mm -hmm. and, and if you know anybody or you know who is doing fentanyl or whatever, you can grab a, a Naxalone kit here yep. at the hospital. Yeah, readily available. No questions. Yep. Better be safe than sorry. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've only got a few minutes left. Um, I'm going to go next to... Mm, <laughs> we're keeping it light today. <laughs> I'm going to go next to Coastal Color. It's now Rabbit Eyes here. Hi. <laughs> All right, so this is Arts News coming up for the week um, and beyond. So stay tuned if you want to know um, about a few more things coming up this weekend to do yeah. at Ring in the New Year. Yeah, you've got all of it. Everything. Welcome back to Coastal Color and Local Arts News for Paul River for this weekend a little bit beyond. This is December 30th edition with me, Rabbit Eye, for CJMP News. The film Moana in 2D and 3D starts on Friday, December 30th, goes on till Thursday, January 5th at the Bishop Theater, 7 p.m. nightly shows, except the 31st and 1.30 p.m. weekend matinees. Ring in the New Year at the Red Lion Pub, $25 tickets, Saturday, December 31st, 9 p.m. to 2 a.m., and they will have the band Frenzy there that evening as well. Tickets for 10 can also be reserved. There's a two-seating event at the Laughing Oyster on Saturday, December 31st. It's Candlelight New Year's Eve. There is a 5.30 seating and an 8 p.m. seating. $50 includes ribeye and seafood buffet, chocolate terrine, and champagne at the Laughing Oyster. 604-483-9775. There's music by Sam Hurry throughout dinner. Diamond Forever, an early New Year's Eve celebration of Neil Diamond also on Saturday, December 31st. Doors at 6 p.m. Show at 7 p.m. at the Royal Canadian Legion. Bring in the New Year with the hits of Neil Diamond with Jason Scott. You can call 604-485-4870. You can buy your tickets 
and this is open to members and the public as well. There's a glow in the dark New Year's Eve party with DJ Lalu headlining, also DJ Soul, and then Shribe DJ and DJ Maddie D. Multiple DJ event at the Sugar Vault, 4871 Joyce Avenue. It's $15. There's a late buffet. You can buy tickets at that Sugar Vault or at River City Coffee. It starts at 9 p.m. on Saturday the 31st. The Royal Canadian Legion also has a New Year's dance with DJ Zane on Saturday, December 31st at 7 p.m. It's $25 per person. There's also a New Year's Eve bash at the Cran Bar with a special guest Ron Campbell on lead guitar and selection of some Powerverse best vocalists throughout the night. This is Saturday, December 31st, 10 p.m. $20 for one person, $30 per couple, $40 for a group of four tickets. You can buy tickets at Strikers Bar and Grill at the Cranberry Pub and Cranberry Beer and Wine, 5728 Manson Avenue in Powerverse. This also includes a draw for a door prize with a non-perishable food item. A brand new Schwinn bike is on offer and a buffet of different types of appies and giveaways throughout the night. Live drawing sessions return every Tuesday, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. back on January 3rd. It's $10 for a drop-in and you can also be a model if you'd like. $40 for two hours with a pay. Uh, 604-483-8994 or email royart at telus.net for more information. This happens at the Power Academy of Music. Also ongoing Wednesdays from 8 to 11 p.m. Live music at TC's Open Mic Stage at TC's Pub at the Town Central Hotel. There's a weekly chorus on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. at James Hall at the Powell River Academy of Music, 7280 Camano Street. For more information, call Janice Gunn, 604-485-3825. The Banff Music Film Festival comes back again for 2017, Friday and Saturday, January 6th and 7th. The doors open at 5.45 p.m. More information soon. This happens at Max Cameron Theatre in Brooks High School. There's a live play called Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike happening at the Evergreen Theatre at the Recreation Complex, Thursday, January 12th to Saturday, January 14th. There's a 7.30 p.m. show and also a matinee on Saturday at 2 p.m. It's $15 for adults, $12 for seniors and students. You can buy tickets at the Recreation Complex, Powell River Peak, Peak Essentials as well. It's a 14 and over show only. This happens at the Evergreen Theatre Recreation Complex. It's written by Christopher Drang and directed by Kyle O'Claire. Live jazz with Take 5 Quintet with drums, bass, keyboard, and horns. Saturday, January 14th, 7.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. at that Sugar Vault, Unit 105, 4871 Joyce Avenue. Suggested donation is from $5 to $10. There's an art opening called Hallucigenica on Friday, January 20th at 7 p.m. at that Sugar Vault as well. There's a call for artists. Expose Yourself is an erotically themed multidisciplinary art exhibition. Deadline for visual art and digital gallery submissions is Saturday, January 21st at midnight. Email exhibition at gmail.com. The next Expose Yourself exhibition is actually on March 17th to 19th. Deadline for submission of art is Saturday, January 21st. They are currently seeking visual art submissions, 2D, 3D, sculpture and installation works in all media, as well as photography submissions and digital files only in the theme of contemporary nude for their new digital gallery component. CJMP will be at the March event. If you'd like to help on behalf of CJMP, you can email events at cjmp.ca. Joe Fafard performs live on Saturday, January 21st from 8pm to 11pm at the Trigger Vault. Details to come. Live theater Till Death, The Sixth Lives of Henry VIII, written and directed by Ryan Gladstone, starring Tara Travis. In a one-woman show, six queens, six love stories, six deaths, one actress. Thursday, January 26th, 8 p.m., one show only. All tickets are $10. This happens at Max Cameron Theatre at Brooks High School. Tickets are available online through maxcameronteatre.ca, the Academy of Music box office, also at the Peak, and at 32 Lakes Coffee in Townsite, also at the Red Lion Pub, or at the Max Cameron Theatre just before the show. There's a workshop called Fiber and Fabric from the Ground Up on Saturday, January 28th and 29th. It's from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. both days. Tickets can be purchased at fiddlersfarm.com. This happens at the Fiber Space at Ocean View Education Center, 7085 Lutka Street. There's live music with the bands Modern Terror, Little Farmer, Pump Jams, and Dropsticks on Saturday, January 28th at 7.30 p.m. to midnight. It's $10 at the door. All ages welcome. This happens at the Villa Soccer Club at Timberlane. And that is it for this week's Coastal Color. I'm Rabbit Eye, and we'll see you next week.
thank you, Rabbit Eye, again for that nice roundup and the January twenty eighth show. That'd be fun. I'm gonna play yeah, it. Yeah, well, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, very quickly, um, I'm trying to play this on the last the show the last three weeks. So I always run out of time, uh, but I want to make time. So this is a, a poet who came in uh, and recorded a, a poem a few weeks ago. Okay. And it's based on the trail uh, Highway of Tears. They are tired. Looking up, as a ghost needs our breath, a skeleton wants to dance, to miss their laugh. Walk and feel the voices of these young girls, lost, hidden, smothered, somewhere, sometimes everywhere. A longing on this white dashed black ribbon road where the remaining of their remains remain, masked in the sleeping beauty of snow white, cloaked in darkness and rain, stolen fears on a highway of tears. Gravel, asphalt, matchstick, manic, depressive pines, tired eyes, with all that love left behind. Where the spirits will know them, they know what's been done. Where they do, and we don't know where to find you. So that was Ed Clark, um, a.k.a. Ed the Poet, and his poem called Tired Eyes. Now we're just about to uh, move out of the way to let Rabbit Eye in here, but want to say thank you. Yeah, we're going to say thank you to all the elected city officials who came in and talked to us over this year. And, and everybody who came yeah. in, um, but especially um, them, or, you know, they help us understand our city better. Yeah, uh, we've had some great audio put together by some local producers, and some of them you've heard, and if you listen in every week, uh, you may catch a few more, and a few have yet to be revealed, apparently. That's right. So stay tuned, and um, thanks to all the co-hosts and volunteers who have helped make CJMP News a success over the past year. Yeah, and look out for, we've got a listening party coming up sometime in January. February yeah. or March. Or March. Oh, we'll announce the date. Uh, okay. So stay tuned yeah. for that. <laughs> all right, okay, thank you. And thanks for listening in, everybody, and this was CJMP News on cjmp.ca.